Live from Red Bull Studios, New York. I'm in love with my life. Hi, this is Mary H.K. Choi, and you're listening to Hey Cool Job. My next guest is Ann Ishii, a half Korean, half Japanese smut peddler with all the coolest jobs. She's a writer, translator, a manager of artists, and the founder of Massive, a producer of gay manga and gay manga paraphernalia and fashion. I'm in love with my life. Hi, Mary. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Um, so how do you describe your job to someone who asks what you do and not like some dickhead at like an industry party, but like a real person? So hard. Um, <laughs> Is that what you say? I yeah. am so hard. <laughs> I'm so hard. What do you think of that? <laughs> um, it's like, that's a great question because I never have one answer for it. I try to keep it sort of simple and not hyphenated yeah yeah not gay how do you do that yeah i know i mean it's you never know i never know like if i say something and then they're like you know they say the f word and i'm like okay so you actually look for signals in terms of how anodyne you have to be yeah oh fascinating so what do you say writer based in new york is the thing i always send so like if it's they're just asking for the like Two word answer. It's writer New York, which is four words. <laughs> um, and then I guess it, I just don't know. I don't think I have a good answer for that yet. Oh, actually, Japan specialist. That's something I say a lot. <laughs> that seems to just sort and, of and cover that a lot. Satisfies of, people enough. Sure. They're like, that is sufficiently something I don't know about. So no follow up questions. Well, because then they always th- refer to the. You know, the, it's like a Rorschach test. They're going to either ask me about the food or used panty vending machines or oh, right. bagel heads. Or conversely, Why are all like, their references so old? Oh, God. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess maybe it's just the slow boat to China syndrome of news in Asia. It just kind of comes back and forth here in weird, really weird ways. Yeah, totally. So in terms of like my description of you, like gay Japanese smut peddler, is that accurate? Yes. Did you ever dream that that would be your career path? One harrowing dream. (laughs) Yeah, it it wasn't a dream. Um, It was abused into me by my parent. No, um, I think the gay smut, it was more just smut that interested me at first. And Mm then, you know, I'm one of these people who even as a child is like that character in Superbad that draws penises on everything. I mean, right. I was just drawing penises on everything. So and you see cock and balls when you I close do, your eyes at night. just okay. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's not because I want to interact with it. I just think they're just, it's, I don't know, it just brings joy. No, I mean, one of my favorite thing is that a ball sack in repose moves like a fractal. Whoa. It's fucking mesmerizing. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's like so, ASMR, right? Yeah, totally. It's, or like hashtag satisfying. Um, so I have a question. Speaking of um, line drawn cock and balls. Okay, so when you were making the gay manga compendium, which is massive. Yeah. So this is, was this your entree into the folds, as it were? My entree was actually um, 
Chip Kid, the book designer, had a collection of porn that was, you know, in Japanese, he wanted me to translate it, which I thought was hilarious. Like, whoever wants to know what porn is saying? Like, <laughs> I'm here for the interviews. <laughs> yeah, totally. Show me, don't tell me. And um, But I told him and that just evolved into let's let's keep finding this stuff every time I go to Japan. So I became a smut smuggler. And mm. then after a few years of that, other people were asking me to help translate, um, not necessarily the erotica, but interviews or conversations, something they'd see on the news, just they were curious and they knew that I had a fixation with lying drawn cock and balls. Right. So that the natural evolution of that was meeting with Graham Colbeans, my co-editor, and then the three of us talked about introducing it formally because it was huge in the inner on the internet um and we knew that it had to take sort of a more legitimate form Mm -hmm. and so just to give everybody a little bit of background i mean chip kid is legendary he's pretty big i mean he is the book designer for people like cormac mccarthy donna tart He'd made like the Jurassic Park book cover for Michael Crichton. Yeah, it's like one of the crazy. only book covers that translated into the movie poster. That, I mean, which if you is, think about it. Yeah, it, which is crazy. And yeah. I I met Chip Kid through you and I was at his house and his collection is like bananas. I know. Everything is really well considered. Yeah. And then there's just so much like incredible art there. So you got the three of you guys got together and you decided that you would create basically an encyclopedia of what gay manga is and to introduce it to the American audience. Right. And how long did that wind up actually taking? Years. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that information had been sort of researched on our own individually. And then it was a full, I'd say an entire calendar year of just like interviewing, researching, talking, traveling around Japan, meeting people and um, getting as much information as we could from directly from the mouth you know so yeah i think a lot of the information and the nether mouth and the <laughs> other mouth <laughs> yeah but a lot of the other information sorry I cut you no off. no it's a uh, it's just um illegitimate right <laughs> it's well hearsay was that a lot of pressure because you guys are the ones sort of like being like yep this is this is what the official word on this is like yeah i mean we we turned it into a virtue. I guess it started out as a sort of vice, but, you know, the pressure to prove itself became it, our our sort of anthem because other critics have actually said, you know, it's a little heavy handed with the this is official rhetoric, which I get. But it was also really important because every single interview we conducted, every, like literally every artist was like, I'm really tired of being pirated. I'm tired of having words put in my mouth. I'm tired of these unofficial scanlations eating into my profit and, and scanlations being us uh, translations of scanned images right yeah because you to, can put yeah. anything in their mouths ostensibly yeah. like anything it, yeah, yeah. You know a lot Don't of it stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah <laughs> so okay so so some one of the things i learned about you was about censorship and gay manga and it was funny because i think i saw some of those little white lines and they're just like these sort of like jauntily stuck on little like very thin white lines like on a dick or like on the side of a dick and that counted as censorship yeah so how does that work really yeah i always compare it to sort of our fcc rulings against spoken curse like spoken obscenities on television where it's like mother beep it's like okay we know what you just said (laughs) right the intention is completely obvious we know or when you say things like oh fudge so 
It's exactly the same thing. It's just like a money industry. People make, and what I mean by that is the censors stand to make money off of uh, catching people, catching people, and finding and, them. Yeah, right. exactly. So, is I mean, is it illegal in Japan, and is it illegal in other parts of Asia? What I I I only know what goes on in Japan in terms of censorship laws, but there isn't one constitutional law against obscenity. So right. there's no um, freedom of speech is very important uh, constitutionally, meaning at the equivalent of the federal level. But right. The prefectures and then the cities have their own rules. And unfortunately, Tokyo happens to have a pretty conservative um, censorship body. That's surprising, right? I know. Yeah. It is really surprising. But again, I think it's the profit thing. You right, know, you right, can't right. really get around that. And of course, Tokyo being the center of all things commerce and especially publications and, and publishing, right. uh, it just becomes difficult to publish anything. Right. It's kind of like New York and like the cabaret laws and shit like exactly. that. Yeah, totally. Exactly. So, but in, I read in an interview um, with the hairpin and it was an excellent interview. And, you know, some people who would buy stuff from you from China would would specifically request that it be like in unmarked yes. packages and things like that. Yeah. And that's um, we get those requests, um, you know, privately and then from people who want to carry the things. But China is something I'd love to sort of parse, actually, just how so would China, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn Mandarin. Um, yeah, it's like everybody seems to have uh, openness towards selling it. And they're really proud of their ability to carry it sort of, you know, in the underground. Yeah. And being underground is really important. But it's also illegal. I mean, you can actually be fine. Not, I mean, probably worse than just fine. I'm not totally sure, but um, so yeah, uh, we send everything discreetly anyway. Because when has anybody ever received a transparent package? You know, like <laughs> right. it would be really strange. I'm like just putting a postage stamp on a Ziploc bag. Yeah, it'd be totally. really weird. <laughs> so, in terms of like being a translator, what makes you good at being one, and what about the work is you know, incredibly challenging for someone with you, your ingredients? Um, oh, man. Uh, the last thing I want to end up ha saying on accident is that I have some sort of, like, ethnic privilege because I'm half Japanese, but part of it is certainly having grown up in the language. Yeah, that, totally. that helps. I think there are a lot of amazing heritage speakers that have turned their you know, inherent language skills and actually studied it to the extent that like a natural born English speaker also has to study writing to be a really good writer. So at the end of the day, I mean, I, it's because I've been writing a lot and whether I'm good at it or not, I've just been doing so goddamn much of it yeah. that it's become sort of muscle memory at this point. And, and what I mean by that is just in terms of translating speed is part of it, just being able to keep up with the tempo of the work you're translating and sure. the people who are speaking when you're interpreting. And then I guess what makes it hard is this, um, this idea I think people have sometimes that, uh, I, I, that I do have ethnic privilege, which I don't, which I mean, is, basically you do, but you work hard at it. So fuck you. kind yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that's probably just my own sort of fear of, yeah how I'm being perceived as a, as a native, but that's a, yeah. Do you feel any added pressure in translating certain words that are so niche and like nuanced and fraught with like cultural and historical specificity? Oh yeah. Like, especially in what you do. Cause like a lot of the things you're translating, you're, you're probably 
the one doing it. <laughs> I mean, my thing is always that I want the the end language to sound the most natural and 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 that sometimes means actually um, ignoring the significance of the original language. And I know a lot of people. Oh, that's interesting. Like pedagogically, a lot of translators take the complete opposite approach where it's more important to say stay true to the original meaning rather than consider how where the it lands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. And um, I don't claim to be so good at this manifestation of that, you know, make sure the end reader gets it pedagogy but uh the that's definitely a difficult decision i have to make each time i decide not to translate something that's culturally specific right and what's other an, times what's it's an just, example of that i guess so actually this is a this is one of my favorite examples of translating um there's a sex position called an ikibin which is a bento that you get at a train station in japan which is really common and I thought at first it meant a quickie, like right, you know, sure. lunch standing up, boom, yeah, boom, exactly. Yeah. And and the standing up part is really important. So <laughs> that's what it refers to is when you're standing and carrying somebody and fucking them. Oh, am I allowed to say? Yeah, it? Totally. okay. So so when you're standing and carrying somebody around your waist and fucking them, because the bento boxes are sold by people wearing like candy striper trays, right? So that's what it refers to. Oh, but there's just absolutely no way I'm gonna translate that into English, like train station lunch. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you wanna, you wanna, yeah, just I'm gonna, I'm gonna lunch the fuck out of your train. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, so how did you wind up? Translating? I just said, you know, do you want to play horsey or something like that? Yeah, which. <laughs> Also doesn't make total sense, but <laughs> but yeah, it's about the intent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, as as far as massive goes, what are the challenges of putting together a project like that? Like, where conceivably, like, where is the beginning and where is the end? Like, what's included, what isn't? Because um, you could go on forever. Yeah, I know it's true. Finding a sponsor, I think, is the first thing. You know, publisher, sure. editor, that kind of thing. So. We worked with Picturebox, which is sadly defunct now, but great publisher. They were uh, Dan Nadell, the publisher, was a really good partner for um, nurturing us in the beginning because it required a, a research budget, you know. Sure, and he was willing to pay it. So that's definitely the most important part of any project is making sure there's a budget. How much was the research budget? Small. It was um, one round trip flight to Tokyo and discretionary local travel budget which Graham and I sort of shared two ways so basically half our travel costs so you guys ate a lot of train station (laughs) (laughs) yeah fair a lot a lot well also like I know you you know we've been friends for a long time and I know how sort of like plagued by your own thoroughness that you are I mean, was that just like a tremendous amount of anxiety and pressure to be like correct about like this book? A little bit. Mostly the journey I've been on as an adult (laughs) woman is not to second guess myself. Yeah, right. Fuck that. Yeah. So the thoroughness was sometimes me just second guessing myself. Mm. You know, it's like. It is the information gets politicized almost necessarily because it's addressing like being gay, being in the closet, um, privacy issues, piracy issues. And I realized at some point that I wasn't going to satisfy everybody. And and that was okay. So 
after the book came out, were you at all worried that that's what you were going to like SEO for for like forever? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And has it been the case? Um, thankfully, no. I'm surprised when people reach out to me for like writing commissions that have absolutely nothing to do with this. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm still I'm still me. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of like, um. You know, after the book, you guys did Massive Goods. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit what that is. Um, another virtue out of Vice, we knew that the books weren't going to make us a ton of money. Because <laughs> when have books ever, <laughs> yeah. Because my name isn't Hillary Clinton, and this isn't my memoir. Or so Emma Klein. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, we just knew that that wasn't going to sustain our profitability but we wanted to keep making stuff in that sort of market I guess and then t-shirts made the most sense in the beginning just let's do like merch sure so in the beginning it was actually called massive merch and alliteration sure yeah and Graham was like you know I, I kind of want it to not be so merchy you know let's make it a little bit more woke yeah. so then he designed that awesome sweater that a lot of people have pointed out the blue sky the sort of the drake album cover but gay in japanese yeah 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 and then that that really put us on another level because well, that was a collaboration with the opening ceremony right actually uh so that was just a strict design between graham uh and massive and jiraiya the artist and mm -hmm. then oc saw it and loved it and it turned out several of their buyers were already fans of jiraiya the artist oh amazing so the collection after that was the collaboration but that actual sweatshirt was ours oh amazing yeah. so i i love the description of the sweatshirt <laughs> by jiraiya it's called the perfect couple and the description is, the best couple, according to Jiraiya, are As Asakichi and Seiji. They have compatible BMI and would tear the house asunder if they ever fought. They enjoy long, aimless drives in their beat-up Volvo and get along splendidly. <laughs> I just love that. And it is, it, it is funny because I've had so many people ask me if that's the Drake album cover. And, it's, <laughs> yeah. and then they stare at it and then they realize it's like two gay Asian men affectionately looking at each other. Yeah. And they're like, whoa. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that is really interesting is that I will be like on the street and like a mad cis white hetero dad ass dude will like talk to me about it and like how much he likes it. Wow. Yeah. It's like a magic eye poster or something because they just stare and then they're like, whoa. And then they have to have a conversation with me about it. <laughs> what are they saying? They, they're just like, that's cool. Like they want points or something. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's cool because it's like I right. put it on. Like, right, I'm right. the one who found it. You know? <laughs> they're like, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but That's yeah, I mean, like, did you, I mean, what image were you like, okay, this is what I want to do? Um, well, so the, so the image was actually, we, we talked to Jiraiya about an original commission and if anything, just because it was really hard to get the license on some of his stuff. And I was like, you know, if it's affordable, we might just pay you to make something new and explained, um, I think the prompt was just, can you depict a couple that's in love? And it turned into that image, and he was so sure it was going to be too risque for us to do anything with. He was like, yeah, you know, I don't know if you're going to be able to use this. And we were like, let's blow it up and put it on a sweatshirt. Like an all-over print. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, we talked about backgrounds that, in the beginning, I remember we talked, a little bit about Japanese things like maple leaves or cherry blossoms. Right, right, and right. it was like, blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and um, it just it just looks stupid. So um, I don't know where the blue sky came from. That was Graham's idea, but it worked obviously. And yeah, it's kind of funny because. Last year, I happened to be wearing that sweatshirt, and and I tried not to wear it too much because now I just feel like you know it's like you're like wearing your own concert yeah, tee. It's a little weird, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, but I happened to be wearing it, and I was um during like an illustration contest where one of the other jurors was Kadir Nelson, who actually did the Drake cover. Oh my illustration. god! <laughs> yeah, closing the yeah. loop, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and like. That look you're describing of the cishet white male. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's not any yeah. of those things, but I mean, but just that moment of like, yeah, work? he's yeah. just like, um, that is uncanny, literally. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm so sorry that this happened. He's like, no, you know what? Friends have sent this picture to me, and I've, you know, it's, it's cool. And My favorite thing actually is wearing that sweatshirt to interviews with rappers. Oh, yeah. Because like the stylish ones understand that it's cool mm-hmm. and they're like, yo, that's cool. And then they, stop complimenting it once they understand what they're looking at yeah <laughs> and it's i'm just like wow it's like 2016 like don't be scared yeah. but um yeah so in terms of like you and graham at that point you had started a business with them mm-hmm. do you have any practical advice for for doing that very thing with someone in a niche business like i feel like it's, it's so something that you would just assume that if you have joint interest in something that is really passionate and it's a passion project that that should be enough but yeah. like what are the practical sort of aspects of that um you know i feel like graham and i are so often on the same page but the other side of the page you know (laughs) (laughs) so i do think if you're going into business with someone you know you need to make sure if you have even just like the tiniest little hair of doubt then i wouldn't go into a partnership with a friend that's for sure my first piece of advice and if you did, to be just really careful and diligent about that relationship against the business relationship. Now, Grandma and I get along really well, but like I said, it's almost because we are seeing the same thing from sort of, you know, negative and positive right. versions of it. And then uh, practically, I think another way to kind of protect yourself against um, awkwardness, I guess, is to just keep a lot of stuff in writing. Yeah, I, I don't think people realize how much of this stuff kind of comes back to haunt you when it's handshake and informal. Right, so, right. And like, I love you. Yeah, yeah. Mm, emoji. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, There's a lot of emojis in our contracts. <laughs> fair, fair. Just alien. Yeah, yeah, totally. That one, like those drama masks, happy <laughs> yeah. and sad. Um, so when you did the opening ceremony, collection and it did really well did you have this moment of like you know just on some like asian hipster shit where you're like i made it oh yeah oh my god and like i didn't even get a chance to do it everybody else did it for me because it turned into oh yeah she works for oc (laughs) like i got a lot of people just like yeah she's like a designer for opening ceremony and i'm like oh my god oh my god i hope like umberto and carol aren't around and like you know um I, I do correct people when they say things like that. but So that's um, not what you tell people when they ask what you do. You're not like, I tell them my own. Yeah, yeah. like, you know the Asians? I'm them. <laughs> <laughs> that, that infamous Asian. Um, yeah, no, it, I definitely took advantage of the, the sort of sea crest that rose after that. But, right. Um, it was also awkward because I've never thought of myself as like a cool 
person, like maybe weird or outlier or like any number of other sort of unsavory (laughs) peripheral. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Are you are you saying that um, you were cool after? (laughs) Is that what you just said? (laughs) I mean, I guess I was. Well, were you surprised at the warm reception? Like given that on paper it does seem so niche. Yeah, I was surprised. Um, And yet I see what's popular and I'm like always baffled. Oh my God, don't even get me fucking started. Yeah, like this past fashion week. Jesus, yeah, I I know. It's, oh my God. So, um, yeah. How is Jeremy Scott still in business? Really? I know. Yeah. (gasps) Anyway. um, (laughs) This is a call-in show, right? People can tell us. (laughs) Um, Well, but that's also kind of scary, like as a small business owner, like how did you manage what I can imagine to be like probably the exponentially biggest order that you were ever on the hook for? Yeah. Um, in some ways, I'd say I don't think I did manage it. Actually, <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I just tried. To... Why? Why do you say that? Uh... Are you just being an Asian girl about it? No, I think, I mean, objectively speaking, it put us at a deliver- a d- another budget bracket right like yeah. suddenly you know we were talking about things that um in, in multiples of tens of thousands not Jesus. thousands yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. mean units that no, would no, be no, insane I just mean like dollars yeah exactly those are real units also <laughs> yeah, yeah right 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 <laughs> they're not just bitcoins and um but you know we didn't do that every season like right. I, we didn't was it like eye of the tiger you were just like fuck yeah da, da, da. yeah and I, i'm i'm more like that boxer marky mark portrayed in that horrible movie he's a racist we don't talk about him on the okay show. yeah so that racist fuck um that was more like where i ended up <laughs> of like um winning one match and then losing all the other ones <laughs> fair um was it scary yeah it's it's scary not not the success part obviously and anybody who says it is is lying um it just feels good to make money always yeah, sure um i yeah, I mean, the complaints I might have had about a small but remarkable point of success were are silly in hindsight. But, you know, it's when your expectations go up and you start to mortgage your life on that and then things don't stay that way. That's yeah. when it's really bad. It's so, so ronery. Yes, it is very, very alone. So, like, I guess, what are the coping mechanisms for after you have that, like, star burst of success and then we all inevitably hurtle back down to the earth? Yeah. You just remember who you are. I mean, I know this sounds so cheesy, but just re- you, you just, just stay, stay grounded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You regroup. You find your people. I found your my tribe. tribe. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. So... Do you ever get annoyed at like fashion bitches just wearing the sweatshirts because they're fly and they're slaying and they have no idea who the artist is or like any of like the the subtext or the narrative? Uh, you know it? what? We're so small that that hasn't happened. Um, honestly, I haven't. I don't think I've seen any disingenuous, massive pimpage. It's all been like pretty cool. Um, or what what seem like cool kids yeah, yeah you know yeah. and <laughs> have you ever ripped one off of one me like <laughs> yeah. you are not worthy you don't deserve this <laughs> <laughs> um 
God, do people do that? I don't even know. Like fashion industry like really seen, scares me because that like seems I've like seen, something that Oh, happens. you mean like someone ripping something off someone else and being like, yeah, You're like not you cannot wear that Balenciaga. I uh, wish. That'd be so entertaining. That would be really good. Um, I'd, someone did Acosta Hadid recently, but I don't think that that counts. <laughs> um, so have there been any surprising discoveries in your own sexuality as you navigate this terrain? Um, I'll, I'll never forget the first time I was translating Tagami work and got turned on. I mean, that's, really? that's a really weird sensation. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Also, uh, it sounds so involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what part of, like, the reverb of translation really titillated you? <laughs> oh, my God. What aspect of it, I guess? Um... My own writing was so good <laughs> that it just turned me on. No, um, I guess just, you know, he depicts desire in its darkest form. And was it scat shit? I mean, what no, are we talking about? Oh my God, poo is just no for me. Yeah, That's I mean, I was talking no. to, you know, Asa mm-hmm. and she's like, poo, no. Yeah. <laughs> and no. I'm like, but everything for you. And she's yeah. like, I know, but yet, poo, no. No, no, poo, yeah. no, no. Um, what were you translating? I don't remember, to be honest. It was just so hot. It might have been, um, do you remember the South Island POW camp, which is a very explanatory title. (laughs) It's like there was a Japanese uh, prisoner of war in an American camp. Maybe, gosh, that's so obvious. But yeah, it's just like this white general subjugating a Japanese you know, prisoner. oh my god, it's like your marriage of my relationship. <laughs> oh, no. I hope my therapist isn't listening. It's too easy for her. Um, but are you are you super woke now about sex in terms of like you know like that you have to know so much of the taxonomy of the different flavors of like the different That's the funny thing. I think that's exactly it. Where now that I participate in this world, whether I'm an active part of it or not I have to sort of know things yeah or you know I get called out or I I mean I haven't actually but I right could. because you're so paranoid and yeah. you just re- would rather <laughs> yeah. preemptively learn everything yeah and um so I just I just try to make sure I know at least the jargon of the week um and that seems to go in and out really quickly god what what metaphors. is some of the some, what are some of the jargons is um I the very first thing I thought of when you asked that question was a phrase I'm so embarrassed I learned so late, which is motorboating. Oh, why? Yeah, <laughs> I just couldn't believe it took me so long to That's find like out what 80s that is. Too. I know. <laughs> and like, yeah. That's so, when like, actually like the implants were still good when mm-hmm. it was still silicone. You got the teardrop instead of like now where it's just like, this is excruciating wow. very hard. Tits for some reason I don't know anything about. So, I mean, I guess that should have surprised me. I've been looking at cock and balls for the well, last Well, no, five but years. I think movies or it was just added to the OED. Wow. Or moobs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. AKA bitch tits, which is so cruel. It's in the OED? I think it's in the OED wow. as of like now. Okay. I mean, but that's how fucking thirsty everyone is. Like, yeah. don't even get me started on like OED the- is thirsty. <laughs> no, it is. And anyway, so I have a question going back to you know, your responsibility for learning things and this, that, and the other. Are you considered part of the culture? Do you still get ex- accused of, like, Columbusing? Mm, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Um, Graham and I, I always joke, kind of together form one Japanese gay man. That's true. Actually, <laughs> no, that's an apt description. You know? Because Graham is 
white. White. Yeah. But gay. Yeah. And beard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but really bendy gay. Like, definitely not. Yeah, actually you know, very bendy gay. Yeah. yeah. And um, and I don't consider myself 100% straight for that matter. Right. So, you know, like, I definitely identify closer to the bi spectrum, but I don't know, as far as, like, my not being strictly, you know, cis male for cis male. Right. Makes me an outlier, but it's also comics, which is, you know, like, I've been working in manga for a while, and I specialize in Japan in, in my writing, and I talk a lot about gender. So if we're looking at, like, a bullet point list of factors, so you know. if you're a Voltron, you have rights to be the black yeah. lion. <laughs> <laughs> which is oh, really important yes it's true <laughs> let me be the first to tell you yeah um so what is the actual community like <laughs> give me a sweeping generalization yeah, um, <laughs> be as reductive <laughs> and racist as possible they all have huge dicks <laughs> asian men all have huge dicks it's like my responsibility to say that over and over um, oh, and size doesn't matter, but they're huge anyway. <laughs> like, cause it, because it doesn't matter, right, right. they're huge. Dot edu. Yeah. Yeah. They're, no, I think if, if I were to say anything, um, sex positivity is a through line. Um, even, even if you identify as asexual or aromantic, I think there's a positivity around it. Yeah. Just like talking about it. Yeah. And like- identifying as yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of asexualness and bagel heads and people wanting to talk to you about the Japanese things they know, w- the the latest thing, which is so the old thing, which is a thing they talk about like probably once a year at this point, that 40% of Japanese millennials are virgins and that they're blaming manga and fantasy or like a fixation on fantasy over reality for the reason that like Japanese people aren't having sex. Right. Sex, sex. Yeah. I'm lightweight obsessed with this yeah because it comes up like it's yeah. like when you you know you like someone's outraged on facebook and you click on the link and it's from 2012 yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it kind of reminds you that i think it just churns up right, like someone right. does like and then it a was poll. on like um nerve or something you know yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. like a real article no offense to nerve but no i think i re- read the latest one off of like the guardian or something. yeah right and it's which is real actually <laughs> I, yeah i was like oh I, I, I oh, meant, no, oh we're hating no, on the guardian the now Guardian's okay real. we're gonna I brexit meant, the no, guardian I, I meant the mirror <laughs> so bad but anyway continue no fuck the guardian <laughs> Wait, tell me about They're colonists. No. You're a Japan specialist. Like, tell me about your fixation with this. Japan. I'm a Japan specialist. I am a Japan specialist. Um, tell me about the Virgin I, I hate what happened to Japan through the Western media a couple years ago with that whole story. Because I mean, nobody, it's out now. I'm saying that people know, are repeating ta- it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're right, it is sort of like an annual ritual, but I'm just deeply, deeply ashamed of journalists not doing their homework. Like, basic stuff. Are they wrong? They are. Like, some of it's just patently wrong. So, you know, there was a guy who's interviewed at the BBC talking about how, like... Fuck the BBC. (laughs) (laughs) 
Mary Berry forever. <laughs> no, but, oh my god, don't start me on GBVO, man. I know, I know. I, I'm Joe, like ready to go. Also, there. who is surprised about Paul Hollywood? No Jesus, one. he's a big old rubber butt. I'm waiting to get it. get it. All so that mojo ways. is right in that soul yeah. patch. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. the BBC. So the BBC interviewed another Japan specialist. Um, is that your nemesis? Are you like, <laughs> oh, maybe? Yeah, I don't do know. it. Let's yeah, do it. let's fuck do all it. Of fuck them. all of them. <laughs> but you know, he's like, you know, in Vietnam, the kids are like dancing the night away and going home and having sex, and that's just, you know, okay. Maybe somebody's. Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry. The whole narrative was they're getting on their scooters, they're going to the nightclubs. They're dancing and having sex with girls. Like it was a very uh, status quo stereotype. Right, right, right. Scooters to the disco fucking <laughs> girls. Like, yeah, that sounds like Vietnam. It's like, I mean, maybe in like Oliver Stone's version. Or, of, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, and, and that's fine if that's true. But the birth rate is not significantly higher in Vietnam. Their population is increasing because they have immigration. Right, you know I mean? right, right. And if you look at the statistics, I mean, Japan's birth rate is definitely not significantly lower than any other, you know, developed country. And like the U.S., Korea, China are all hovering around the same place. Right, and actually, and a lot of the um, statistics cited are also like, People aren't getting married, but that's true yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. In terms of like also getting married later, right? Not to mention marriage and sex have not been. It's not know. really trending, <laughs> <laughs> except for with pandas who are no longer endangered. Yeah. yeah, I mean, have you ever personally met a species that was so ready to go? Um, and we were just like, no, let's just revive them. <laughs> They're like. DNR, we're like, oh, we we got one as a present. <laughs> oh my god, I you know, I I'm not a I'm not into bestiality, but that that's today today yeah tomorrow when I find out on Tumblr that that's what I have to do, I'll take it for the team. But yeah, the the sexless Japan stories drive me completely crazy because. It's also not defining what sex is, which I know is a little bit sophistic and Republican of me. But like, you know, <laughs> I think masturbation counts. Gay sex counts, obviously. And, you know, in most cases, they're asking about vaginal intercourse. So, you know, I think oral sex absolutely counts. Totally. But like, I know my boyfriend was like, it was just oral. <laughs> like, <"Hmm."> yeah. <laughs> Also, also, I'm scared of anyone who would come home and be like, I had oral because it's inevitably like I had oral with a female. <laughs> like someone who like calls women female. Oh, my God. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you don't think that your contribution to gay porn is leading to the extinction of your people? Mm. <laughs> No, but also the extinction of my people, I don't think would be terrible. Are you climate change? <laughs> I'm a little bit, yeah, like scorched earth about it. No, I mean, like, you know, I, there is a Japanese population. It is far from extinct. And it really does just need to get with the 21st fucking century and have better immigration policy. Right. I mean, that's really just... It's so fucking obvious to me that I, it just, you know, 
And my At theory, least America is a really good example with like a perfect immigration policy. Yeah, and, and in the future, it's going to be even better. <laughs> yeah, it's it can only go up. <laughs> yeah. So you have what I have, and that's no, I'm just kidding. Um, so <laughs> no, we're really both very good at a lot of things, but we've made our life's work a very unlucrative thing. Yeah. Do you ever fantasize about dropping everything and going into marketing? Every day. Do you really? Every single really? day. Really? Still? Yeah. Yeah, but well, yeah. yeah, me too. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like that thing when you're at the edge of a cliff or on a bridge and you look over and you can't help but want to jump, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, that yeah. feeling. It's not, uh, oh, I made a huge mistake. I don't look in the mirror and cry every day. Yeah. <laughs> Just once in a while. I mean, because. You, what you do could still be categorized tax bracket wise as a labor of love, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I think I'm under the poverty level for, <laughs> for my neighborhood, at least. I mean, in Ohio, maybe not. But, right. Yeah. So how much of your own money do you find yourself sinking into projects? A lot. Still, um, still. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it. I mean, but I've also never been somebody who distinguishes between business and pleasure. Like me neither. Oh, you know what I mean? Work life balance. Yeah, yeah. I mean <laughs> so broken. I know. Also, it's, it's Friday night. We're recording a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Hassan. Well, at least I'm drinking. It's true. Um how do you decide what to pay yourself? Hmm. Um, whatever bills are on my desk. Um Do my, you pay yourself? Uh in in things well and zero zero one i'll put it this way i expense some of the nicer things going on like if i feel like i really need to get the art book it might be research for the business i'm just gonna say or you know if i have dinner with somebody and we do talk about work but you know i don't think a lot of people aren't doing the same thing when they're working for corporate overlords I, I basically treat myself as if I'm I'm Viacom. I'm like, yeah, let's just buzz all the So you just fire a lot of people. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Cool. And I steal um, content. <laughs> um, what is? I mean, can you actually like harken back to one point that you would categorize as your most low and scary point of your career? Mm. And what was it? What took you there? And how did you dig yourself out of it? Hmm. I, gosh, I I can think of a few instances of like. Is that funny? I'm like, (laughs) what's your scariest time? You're like, well, I have seven. (laughs) I know. Um, top six. So no, I, I can think of a few just sort of trivial anecdotes, but I remember after quitting my last full-time job and kind of doing the math, my burn rate made sense. And then my tax bill came and it was like way more than I expected and I was suddenly completely broke like broke like broke like I was definitely going to call my mom but it was a question of how much I was going to ask her to help me out with right um so like you did not have rent yeah okay yeah and it was one of those things where it's like I think it was even just like I was rehydrating beef jerky because I like was, reconstituting and making fake steak yeah like Ew. I literally boiled beef jerky once because it was in stock? that sort of interim no it was more just like I wanted something more substantial than beef jerky but it was too salty so you put yeah water in. yeah oh my god yeah 
Um, so that was a dark moment. That is dark. And then I really questioned, and this is before Massive. This was like when I was trying to freelance and realized that like all that shit I kept saying I was going to do for free really made absolutely no sense. Right. You know. Um, and for free, you mean like if you could do anything, like, <laughs> what would you? Do? Yeah. Yeah. That that whole yeah line of thinking. Yeah. So okay, so you majored in French and Japanese literature at UC Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. What the fuck were you thinking? I know. I wanted to be French. I was just Ew, like, what it, is that? I, I'm a like, typical actually, suburban like, Los Angeles. But like girl. you were like a Francophile and you were like, I want to read Peter Mayle or like, <laughs> yeah. or like fucking like, I wish I was a white woman who could no, digest cheese. Definitely didn't want to be a white lady. Um, yeah, no, you, I, that wasn't oh, the cause narrative. Oh, because you studied in, Fren- in, in it, French, yes. in France. I'm a Japan specialist <laughs> in France. Um, I, I was in France and I wanted to. I guess the, the the image of the France I wanted to be was more, and this is such a terrible example, but like I guess closer to Simone de Beauvoir or something, like mm. fraught relationships, smoking all day sure. in a three way, you know, like. But everybody knows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, I loved her and um, uh, Duras and Nin and, you know, just like the, the woke such, sexual yeah, woman were all yeah. French. So I was like, that's where I need to be to be allowed to keep drawing cock and balls. Yes. Yeah. French. French. And then I found out that's just a, a lie. Like the and then country what was like is the, not more. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And then what was the pursuit? Like, what did you do immediately afterwards where you were like, uh, that's not going to work. I'm going to do this instead. Um, Grad school. I was like, I just need to go back to school and reset. Uh, okay. School is a place I thrived, like from elementary through college. And then I just thought I needed to redo this. The Japanese stuff, it was sort of uh, a weird fluke. Um, I, I mean, I applied to schools in New York and it was always my dream also to live in New York. Okay. And I think. Because you're from California. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I, don't, I didn't have like a, I wasn't being pushed out of California by my, you know, it, it wasn't like I hated Los Angeles. It was more just like. Like a lot of people in this sort of world, you know, we were kids who read a lot, right? But every copyright page said New York, yeah, New, New York, York, New York. Yeah. yeah, totally. So everything was in New York that was regarding writing and publishing. And I thought that's that I should just be there. And then, and then that, that, yeah, it was the New York was the decision, the deciding factor. Okay. Yeah. And what did you do when you first got here? Um, I watched two planes fly into the Twin Towers. I mean, literally, I got here like nine one two thousand one, and uh, moved in like that week. And where were you living? Upper Upper West by Columbia. Yeah, but I mean, I was at grad school at Columbia, so that's where I saw. I I didn't watch it actually happen. It was just that's where I was, and you know, the clouds of smoke and all that crap, and yeah. And you were like home (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah but like a lot of things happen in the wake of that like yeah in publishing in everything yeah in yeah yeah i know i mean god that was such a weird time and um it was weird too because i was starting japanese but like i don't know if people remember this a lot of people are trying to compare it to pearl harbor yeah and um which is kind of hilarious. I mean, it wasn't a lot, but it was enough that if you're Asian, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, you were saying that you reached out to your mother for help. What What do your parents do? 
my mom is independently wealthy. Okay. <laughs> like she doesn't have a job. She volunteers a lot. Okay. Um, what did she do? She well, she used to work for my dad. She studied nutrition. Are they together? No. I was gonna oh say. Oh my god. <laughs> who who what parent has yeah, no. Like, um yeah, they divorced a while ago. My dad is an engineer, like a self-taught engineer, so um he just like oversees um it's a very specific, uh, what is it? The machinery that makes bottles. Oh, I, I okay. don't even know. I, have, I don't know either. Yeah. yeah. So like he just makes sure they're always running. Do they understand what you do? My mother does and thinks it's cool, but weird for sure. Yeah. Um, and sh I love that she loves how into sex I am. Like she actually thinks it's awesome. And 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 I don't know how awesome she actually thinks it is, but she tells me that it's cool. Just and funny. even yeah, but even the fact that she's open to that level of dialogue, regardless of like the true sentiment. And I love <laughs> that you're so like I'm dubious about maybe yeah. the actual intent of this, but like that's <laughs> awesome. She's yeah, she she likes that I I've carved a niche in the sex world, and I think of course a lot of that is because she knows it's not more challenging forms of it. Like I'm not in porn or in uh, sex work. Which... So she's relieved because yeah, she's yeah, always yeah. suspected <laughs> that you'd wind <laughs> yeah. up here. <laughs> and it's at least like slightly steeped <laughs> yeah. in academia. Right, right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, just the like, tip. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> exactly. What does your husband think of your work? He loves it. He loves, he loves that I'm, I'm, I'm successful at it. Yeah, that helps, that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not like Little Miss Sunshine about it, so he's he's cool with it. And you're like, I'm into amateur dentistry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, so the funny thing is, I was reading on your Twitter, as you are one of my favorite tweeters, um, and you were just recently stuck. I don't even know what the fuck time it was in the morning on an Amtrak train coming oh back God. from like a book expo. Yeah. Were you alone? I was. Were you like in that moment when it's like fucking, you're just like, what am I doing in my life? Like, did you have an existential crisis? Not an existential crisis, more like, oh God, I need to stop doing my own events. Like, and that doesn't mean, you know, in, this, in the publishing industry, everybody does their own events, meaning the publisher, the writer, the translator, the editor, they're all the same person usually. Mm -hmm. And, um, but events, as much as I love them and as much as I like seeing people, they're exhausting, you know? Are they lonely? Um, they can be. Gosh, I guess it's sort of like if I'm if I'm responsible for an artist, then it's very lonely, weirdly, yeah. because then I have to be them for the duration of the tour. And then I'm not me anymore for whatever. But when I am me, it's it's less it's less lonely. But, you know, when you're my business is also strange because a lot of people know what the stuff is, but they don't know who I am. So. I was going to ask, like, do people recognize you? No. They're like, oh, that's that thing I know from Tumblr. Or... So you really don't have to be there. Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> that's my point. And it's like when other people, especially like big men, run the table, it seems to do just as fine. You know, it's good. It's yeah. fine. And when I'm there, it's a little distracting sometimes. I mean, this last event is a little different because people, I was surrounded by friends right. and colleagues. So, yeah. What is like the most heartfelt thing someone has ever said to you? Like, in terms of like emo and your contribution to like planet earth um we actually get letters handwritten letters and you know and that's always really sweet yeah. um my hand cramps now if i like attempt to write <laughs> like 
analog. That's why you have your boyfriend write all your letters, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, right, honey. Um, this this one letter was from the this guy who's I only know his Instagram handle. I can't remember his name, DKN dot, but he wrote this beautiful letter with little panda stickers saying how our work allowed him to dream of himself. Like he it allowed him to fantasize. Like he could his, be the protagonist in his own exactly, sexual fantasies. Oh my God, exactly. that's amazing. I know. I mean, I was actually moved to tears when I read that and I, I still have it pinned on the wall. It's just like, that, I mean, so that's profound. the thing like about representation. Yeah. It's, very important it's super <laughs> yeah. important and like yeah. you know it's like you don't know how you did without it once you get it and then even just like thinking about what it was like before like it just makes you feel so it's so sad yeah yeah I know and it it is sad and it and it makes me sort of I, I don't know if it makes me nostalgic or resentful for our own upbringing because I just don't remember who my role models were. Oh, but, God, I was just thinking about that you this know? recently. I mean, and especially, like, for us, it's, like, role models in terms of, like, you know, in pop culture. So it's, like, it, you've got Lane Kim and Claudia Kishi from Babysitter's Club and Gilmore Girls and, like, whatever. But, like... Neither of those were like sexual, yeah. like well-rounded right. characters. They right. were just like the fashion Asian friend right. who had a side ponytail. Shit is <laughs> yeah. wild, yeah. you know. Like, it's I don't know. Also, like, I mean, for me, I don't. I and I think you have the same um, relationship to Asia, like the motherland. But you know, when you depend on your role models being from that space, that's complicated too. It's sort yeah. of like asking Canadians to worship American celebrities, right? So it's like. No, we're our own thing, actually. Asian but Americans actually, have their own thing. Yeah, but I do feel like Americans, like, idolize a lot of Canadians for that sure. are passing because we never know that they're Canadian until, like, way later. We're like, what the fuck is that? I mean, isn't that Asian America, too, though? That's true. It's like a lot of us, myself included, are sort of blending as, you know, just Asian, not Asian American. Or Well, I, I don't know. I have, like, a weird relationship with that because I'm a green card holder and mm. I think that America is a third world country and it freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I, I do think that rightfully people can call me out on whether or not that otherness should have dissipated by now mm -hmm. because I've lived here since I was 14 and I'm 28. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I don't know. I have a weird relationship with it. But so you actually also manage artists now. Yeah. And you started managing um, Roku Dineshko. Yeah. And she's the one who like made that 3D um, sculpture of a kayak that is also her vagina. And yeah. everybody freaked out and yeah. she got arrested. Yes. How did that come about? Um, so, you know, we saw the same news and she seemed interesting. And it, I didn't realize at the time that the kayak controversy went down that by trade and professionally, she's actually a cartoonist. So all of her bread and butter is just like, uh, weekly serial and like leftist liberal magazines and so mm -hmm. she just was a really opinionated well obviously she's very opinionated but she you know she was uh she was a talking head actually uh or a writing head or whatever and, um, <laughs> yeah you said talking head. i was like so she was on vh1 yeah yeah <laughs> she loves the 80s and um <laughs> we wanted her opinion about boy bands uh and no so uh when we found out that there were books in her in her repertoire um, Graham was like, we need to 
we need to do this book. And, you know, in the, in the beginning, it was sort of we just threw it out there to some people and said, hey, what do you think? And um, one publisher, Annie Koyama, Koyama Press, based in Toronto, actually, um, she's like, you know what? It's going to be hard for me to squeeze this into my list, but I'm, I want to do it. Like, you guys seem cool. What you guys did with Massive seemed to work. So I'm, I want that touch to, you know. Translate over to yeah. this artist, too. So, yeah. So Massive does clothing. And you publish books mm -hmm. and you translate books and you bring books over to America. And so now you manage this person, though, yeah, which is a different relationship. What's is. the learning curve on that been like? Mm, uh, mom, 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 God, she, you know, and and this isn't to diminish anything she's done, but it, she's as a public figure. She also gets so much hate that, you know, when you manage somebody who gets haterade, it's that you sort of assume a little bit of that. Yeah, you get stress. it on you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's hard. That was hard to to figure out. Because, you know... You, and you're still figuring that out. A little bit, yeah. I mean, I thought if anybody was going to attract attention for us, it was the guy who depicts, you know, scat. And, you know, the guy, the guy who depicts incest. But it was actually the girl who depicted her vagina. So... That's been that's really like a big learning. Yeah, actually. it's it's really annoying, and it actually, actually th that's actually really interesting. Like gender politics in the oh, yeah. in the um, cis male gay manga space. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you'd think that would be really like if you do that, and and everything seems to be going well, and people are receptive as as much as they are, and the second you start doing just like a pussy artist, right, and it's fucking crazy, like. Yeah. That definitely shows us how far everyone has to go. Do you ever feel yeah. like it's like zero sum? That yes. Like, do you yeah. do? Yeah. I so, mean. In so far. So you think that like, you know, solidarity is for bears? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think solidarity is um, a trend, you know, in the sense that it's marketable and it's packageable. So we're not thinking about the people who really don't have it when we say things like that. Right. And in that sense, it's really oppressive to think about too long. Um, a, an artist like Rokudineshko, who's really adrift on, on her own. I mean, we commend her because she's so fierce and stubborn, but she's that way because we keep forcing her to be, you know, and I, and she's not a child. She's in her mid forties. Like, yeah. This is an artist who has been doing this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I always kind of come back to who am I and I need to be me and stay true and stay focused and don't pretend to be something you're not. But living in the mind of uh, living in the male psyche a lot or the or the, yeah, sure. you know, that that world, it it's exhausting. And it's, you know, because I'm assuming they're privileged sometimes. Yeah. And then to be given this reality check, it's hard it's really hard yeah because you think you're making progress mm -hmm. and then you realize that you're like oh i might be in like entirely the wrong yeah 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 it, yeah it's like we show pussy and then get shit for it and it's like bah. and you show cock and shit and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes honey like that's you know <laughs> right jesus so you know we the, we always talk about this on the show um what do you do for self-care Mm, especially I, when your work becomes this yeah and it's someone else's mantle that you're shouldering mm -hmm. but, and then it's also your own and that's when it becomes really toxic <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i 
I mean, if I were being completely honest, it's probably alcohol. Mm-hmm. I love drinking. And I'm not weird about that anymore. I just do it. Um, I also enjoy eating too much. <laughs> Me too, Jinx. Yeah. And all of that. Um, but honestly, the self-care, I, I love music, actually, and still have faith in it, even though I don't buy new music i i look for good things from the past and whatever and and you just really, look at lip syncing on the musically app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and um i play those dance games on Wii. no i um god that's so 90s yeah, um, totally. i no, I, and i and i love music so i like watching it playing it listening to it um, i had no idea you played i love playing music what kind of music do you play mm, just whatever I mean, like instruments. No, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like keyboard. I'm a keyboardist and percussionist. So, like, I'll drum or keyboard. And oh, I, I had no idea about this. Yeah, it's not something I advertise. I mean, it's weird. So, it's, so it belongs to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very private. Um, I mean, not so private. I definitely, <laughs> you know, I, I'm out there. But right, right, right. you're yeah. like, get away from me! Don't look. I'm hideous. <laughs> Plink plonk. <laughs> I'm Marilyn Manson. Nobody knows that. Are you still an insomniac? No. I've I've really, <gasps> really worked on my sleep. My new problem is actually I realized it's not insomnia per se. It's I can't fall asleep. I like sleep fine when I sleep. I just mm. can't get my brain shut down. So actually you introduced meditation to me as a It's true. Yeah, you were like, Oh my god, just try it. And I was <laughs> like, I downloaded an app and you know, it helps. Yeah. For sure. Um it's, I don't I don't call it insomnia anymore, yeah. but That's it's good. just That's a, huge. I just let myself stay up till four. <laughs> if, you, if you need to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If that's happening, that's happening. Um do you take vacations? Yeah. That's um good. but it's and like, also your husband's great and you have cats and your apartment's yeah, great. Exactly. And- yeah. I mean, self care is, you know, principally just my cat and husband just watching them. And being interrupted when you're trying to talk about a trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So how 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 are your trips? Um, I have not done anything exotic in a really long time, but also that doesn't make it not a vacation to go to Hartsdale or, you know, Patterson or whatever. That's so exotic to me. <laughs> TBQH. <laughs> Yeah, so just local little trips, overnighters. I love actually visiting friends in places that are really obvious, but, you know, like Chicago mm. or, like, um, San Diego, but not, like, awesome, awesome Yeah, yeah, places, yeah, where it's you know not I mean? like you feel, like, on the hook to see things. You're yeah. just like, oh, I like the inside of your house. Yeah, yeah totally. I'm going to stay in the inside of your house for yeah, the next 48 hours. This thing that's next door to your house. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Um, my final question to you is... How come you only do Japanese shit? You're like half Korean. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And as a Korean, I have to be like, because also like how you wave, it's so like popping. It's, you can make so much money. Um, I would love. Why are you slumming with the Japanese people? (laughs) I know. If I had any sense, I would, I would cross, I would cross that, um, that bay. (laughs) That darn bay. Yeah. Um, Oh my God. I was going to make a sewol joke, but I will um, But yeah, I guess I would if I knew anything about it. And I have looked very lightly, but my, I mean, I already have too many things going on, you know, so it's like focus, focus, focus. Um, 
like I've completely given up the idea of doing anything in French anymore. And I used to pretend I was going to study Swedish because I was obsessed with Scandinavian culture, but I've given up on that because I like learning new languages, not well, but just kind of. What languages do you speak right now? Just uh, Japanese, French, and English, but I have studied Korean, Swedish, and Chinese. So, okay. but that doesn't mean I'm going to speak it or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I speak a lot of languages. I know you do. Yeah, it's what makes us friends. I know. Um, well, thank you so much for coming by on this thank late you. evening. Although you're going to be up for the next 14 hours. Yeah, exactly. Um, Thinking and, about you. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> cool job. Thanks. I'm in love with my life.